Hi, Dax. Hi, buddy. How are I'm you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Can't complain. Yeah, last week, huge podcast. We had Ali Brook on. Ali Brook. Uh, we broke a lot of news with broke that. Broke the internet. Yeah. We broke the internet with I I would consider that breaking the internet, right? I, like, I don't know what that term necessarily means, but, like, if you're on every entertainment website, every TV show, that's considered breaking the internet, yeah, right? Yeah, it was, uh, that story went everywhere. Bigger than we thought, and unfortunately, she was very happy with it, so it was a good story. Uh, some people, one, it's funny, because... I reached out to one uh, A-list celebrity and said, hey, would you, you know, would your, would your publicist, I said to the publicist, I said, would your get celebrity want to, would your your client like to come on our podcast? And I sent them the links to the Allie Brooke thing. And they're like, no, we were put off by uh, her, by that interview, by the press that she made. I go, what? For a girl to be proud that she saved herself for marriage? I was like, that she wrote about in her book? Like, what did we do wrong? Like, I was like, you stupid idiot. Are you not seeing for what it is? (laughs) Like, this is a girl who's so true to her values uh, and she's very honest about it and very proud of it. And a lot of people supported her too. It was trending on Twitter. Dude, everyone supported It was trending on Twitter. I I didn't... I didn't see anyone sit there and say, you stupid girl. Like, everyone supported her. And uh, she was happy with how it turned out, like we said, because I think that was, I think she was a little nervous to talk about it publicly for the first time. But I think it's also taking a weight off your shoulders. And I can tell you how many people were like, I'm going to go buy her book. So, look, she, she knocked out two birds with one stone. She talked about that and she's going to get a lot of books. I was just crazy that. that this publicist was like, yeah, we were really turned off by what, you know, what I was like, what are you talking about? You idiot. You idiot. You were, <laughs> how did I tell your client what you just said? Cause you were absolutely an idiot. Uh, speaking of media, speaking of press, Dax, I have a question for you. Why do these celebrities do these magazines? They always do these photo shoots and interviews for a magazine that you've never heard of. Like Kim Kardashian just did a magazine that you've like paper, like who's buying these magazines? I don't even know how they stay afloat, but why do celebrities do these photo shoots and interviews for these random magazines? Yeah, I saw one the other day. Was it like M Magazine? I'm like, I've never heard of M Magazine, but like they're doing a full spread. I think, you know what I think it comes down to is it's it's still prestigious in people's mind. And like, I don't want to sound cocky, but I'm pretty sure there's more people listening to our podcast than reading some of these magazine articles, right? So like, wouldn't it be more beneficial for someone to come on here like Ali did, talk about it because no one's picking up that magazine? Like, who goes to the grocery store and picks up a magazine anymore? Nobody, no. right? Like, that's why you see a lot of these really famous magazines, and I, I don't want to shit on them, but like Us Weekly, like it's it went from being like a two hundred page magazine to like it's thirty pages, now yeah, because everyone's focused on their website, not on the actual physical magazine. And I know there's a lot of people that like to feel a magazine in their hands, but like. Who's doing M? No one's doing M. Come on our podcast. We'll get more people to, to hear your story than going in M magazine. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Um, but we got a really cool episode today. We got Kelty on the show. Kelty from Lady Gang, uh, from The Insider. Um, she's just super cool. I'm excited to have her. But before we even get to her, we run the easiest contest out there. All you got to do, do is leave a review on our page. Like it. Uh, you know, go to iTunes, give us a five-star review and give a positive review. And every week, Dax reads off a random name. And if he does read your name, you get a prize. You get a gift from our friends at Sun River Botanicals. It's one of the best CBD companies out there. Make sure you follow them on Instagram. Uh, it's just a great CBD product. If you're into CBD, 
this is the brand that you want to stick with. Thanks to them. Make sure you follow at Sun River Botanicals. Dax, who's this week's winner? This one comes from 22Rosie. Uh, the title says, a great podcast. And Rosie says, definitely one of the best doing research for a school project about life in Hollywood. And I am so glad I found this podcast. You guys are genuinely so funny and always bring in on amazing guests. Keep up the good work and put a little smiley face. So thank you, 22Rosie. Uh, you can hit up Adam in his DMs. He likes it when people slide into his DMs. He waits for <laughs> yeah. it. He checks them all day long. Slide into my DMs. Send me your uh, your information, your address, and I will make sure Sun River Botanicals send you $360 worth of CBD. Shout out to those guys. They're awesome. Dax, tell us about our guest today. Yeah, so we got Kelty Knight on. I'm sure you guys have heard this name. She she was on The Bachelor for eight hours. So there, there's the start. <laughs> She's going to kill us for that one. Uh, so <laughs> she's been on The Bachelor. She did The Insider. I've known her from Entertainment Tonight, but she is also on one of the most popular podcasts out there, Lady Gang. It's huge, huge. And I heard a rumor that they just celebrated a milestone recently. Let's get her on the podcast. Kelty, how are you? Oh, man. I'm well, you know, listen, last night. <clears throat> I had a lot to drink on a Monday night, um, and I feel... That, that's, does that not scream 2020? Like, that's the biggest 2020. I'm drinking every night. I'm like, what is wrong with us? So last night, Lady Gang, uh, my podcast celebrated 100 million downloads of the show. Woo! And so we threw, like, a virtual party, which, you know, it was fine, and it was great, but, like, a virtual party, like, if I get invited to another virtual party, I'm going to, like, pull my hair out. But it was, like, the best of the worst that we could do, you know? And we played that James Corden game, like, Spill your guts fill your guts and um we had like tarantulas and we had the hottest hot sauce on the planet and the girls know that i hate spicy food and i hate any like i don't like a sauce in general but a hot sauce is like no so they asked this like terrible question like which one of lady gang members would you um kick out you know if someone gave you a million dollars or whatever and i was like i'm not answering this so i took the hot sauce but i was trying to be a show pony so i took like a tablespoon of hot sauce i have not felt right yet like I am, it's been 14 hours and I'm, I'm still not good. So then my mouth was on fire. So I just kept chugging my drinks. So now I was drunk with a fire belly and it's like, it's just not for a Monday night. It was a lot. Shit. I would have thrown out someone's name. I would have been like, Adam, get off my podcast. I'm not taking some hot sauce for you, bro. And where'd you get like the tarantulas and the scorpions from? Where do you get that stuff? Oh, Amazon. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I still have it. I have it here. Becca ate a tarantula. Or no, um, what? she ate the scorpion, a black scorpion. I what, asked those her. Those are edible. Yeah, it's edible. The worms that we got had like a cheddar cheese sauce on it. I mean, listen, in other other countries of the world, people do eat a lot of bugs. They have a lot of protein, and also for women, like most of the makeup that we put on our face is like made with bug guts. So it's like you know, it's scary when it's claws looking at you, but. But these aren't live. They're dead. Oh, and no, they were seasoned. they were like dead on Friday, I think. Yeah. OK, OK. It was That's still awful. It was still awful. Like how would she say it was? Did she like it or was it just like hard to get down? So she said the scorpion, I believe, tasted like one of her dog's rawhide bones, which then led me. Now I'm thinking, when are Why? you eating your dog's rawhide? Like, how do you have that taste comparison in your wheelhouse? True. Right? True. It's like, I've never eaten a dog rawhide. I don't know what that tastes like. So I'm concerned for Becca in general. So 
Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of issues. There's a lot of issues with what, what happened. So where do you guys tape the Lady Gang? Where do you guys do that show? So we used to do it out of my office at Entertainment Tonight. Um, I had like a little assistant's office on my dressing room and we... I, you know, I could never leave there. <laughs> I was like stuck there <laughs> in a good way um, for like 20 hours a day, as you guys know, having both worked in mm-hmm. television. Um, so the girls would come there and then the guests would sort of come to the CBS Radford lot. So a lot of times it's pretty funny. Like the Bella twins would be on the podcast and they'd be like walking the parking lot and the EPVT would be like, Hey, do you want to be on ET tomorrow? And they'd be like, okay. <laughs> so it was like kind of a twofer. Um, but since COVID, all of that kind of ramble-damble has been shut down. So we've just been doing everything socially distanced, like over Zoom, not Skype. This is like probably my first time on Skype in about 10 years. So I was um, telling Dax that like now all my boyfriends are from the 2000s are going to see that I signed in. And they'll be like, <laughs> hey, girl, thinking about you. And I'll be like, I'm not thinking about you. I'm just doing a podcast and I'm instantly signing off. Um, but yeah, we're doing, it, we're doing it the same way. And honestly, it's better. There's less yeah. small talk. I hate small talk. I just want to talk on the podcast and then be silent. And um, no one has to pay for parking. I mean, this is great. Is Zoom is the new way. I'm <laughs> never going to see anyone in real life. Yeah, I'm like curious if like Howard Stern's going to go back to like even doing like Howard Stern's like one of those guys who are, he's very comfortable in the Hamptons. He doesn't need to be in the studio now. I feel like a guy like him. I'm curious, even with the money he's getting, if he's going to return to like the normal type of studio and going to Sirius every day. I don't think it's worth it for him. He's doing a, he's doing a serious quality show just from home right now. I know. Unless he wants to get away from his wife, which I just had like almost a meltdown in my kitchen because my sweet husband was eating breakfast. And, um, I'm at the point in COVID where the way he scrapes the fork on the plate. Yeah. It's too much for me. Like that's where I'm at at COVID. I'm like, I can't, uh, I don't want to see you. I don't want to look at you. I don't want to talk to you. And now I can't stand the noises you make while you're fueling. I just need to be away. So maybe Howard is like, please get me in my helicopter to Manhattan. Like, I need to get the hell out of this house. My poor kids go through the same thing. They, like, look at me wrong. I'm like, get out of the house. Go play in the backyard. I can't look at you. I don't want to hear you. Like, they're laughing. I'm like, this is too much laughter in our house yeah. right now. Please yeah. exit the house. Stop being so jolly. <laughs> I love that you like said like you took over the an office space at CBS doing uh, Lady Gang because I know from working in the New York office, uh, you know, I, at TMZ we shared an office with Extra in New York and it was a very very small office. So AJ Calloway was a good friend of mine. I'd be hanging out with AJ all the time, and AJ would just basically hurry up to work and then he would sit in his office all day and get to hang out. Like he wasn't. It's not like he's making calls all day. He would just basically kill time all day by sitting in his office. It was like a couch TV. Like, it was just so much downtime for a guy like him, where the newsroom outside, everyone's trying to make the show. And besides, like, the four-minute interview, he was just hanging out all day. And it was, like, him and the camera guys had it great, because the only time cameras guys have to do is they just got to get ready to shoot, be ready to shoot, then boom, their job's done, and then they get to just hang out all day in their union, which is the best part. It's true. I mean, I do want to say that at Entertainment Tonight works a little differently where we also uh, are doing reporting and producing and booking on guests. And, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of time on my couch to be watching the sports uh, runarounds from last night. But that seems very AJF AJ. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. I didn't even have a couch at TMZ. I had a desk, mm-hmm. and my desk said "work every fucking second." Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It, I was of that mentality, but it was. You know what it was is that um, 
it was the time it took to drive from Studio City to Beverly Hills to where our studio was, was like an hour and you lost me for an hour. And I was like, this hours at certain point, like money is not my greatest. Um, oh God, my brain. Focus, it, drive. Like uh, money is great, but like time is my most precious thing. And so it made more sense for everyone to come to me because then I didn't lose that hour driving. I was like, all right, if I'm off at four, if we wrap at four, I can start podcasting at 4.02. Like, this is this is it. So that's kind of why. And it was cute. It was cute for a minute. <laughs> yeah. How'd that come I about? How did you get Entertainment Tonight? Like, when you know, you did you did some stuff before I was a dancer, then you did The Bachelor. But then how did it lead up to Entertainment Tonight? Well, Adam, I, I do want to just point out that I was on The Bachelor for eight hours <laughs> and a lot of people like to bring this up in an interview because they're like, and then you did The Bachelor. And I don't know if getting kicked off on night one constitutes like fully doing The Bachelor. Like I was not a bachelorette. I did not go on a one-on-one. I didn't even go on an eight-on-one. I was, it was bad. Um, but I was, yes, I was a professional dancer in New York where you are. Sure. And, um, I had started making YouTube videos when I was a radio city rocket kind of behind the scenes. They were not thrilled about that. Um, and you know, it was like with those terrible, like iMovie, like I had the red curtain that opened at the beginning of your movie, like everyone in the early two thousands had. And anyway, so lame. Um, and then I moved out to LA and I was like, I'm so sick of New York. I'm too successful here. I know all the dancers. I get all the jobs. I'm going to go try LA. <laughs> Literally. I'm such a dick. That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, I want to do more of music videos. I'm going to move to LA. So I went, I came out to LA for like eight weeks just to try it. I met my husband, um, and got stuck here. And then I was kind of over, um, like dancing in general. I had, I can't tell you which star I was working for, but I was working for a star and wasn't getting paid the right way. And I was like, this is some bullshit. Like I'm at the top of my game. I'm making $300 a week. Like I cannot do this anymore. So like a list star, like B-list? the most a list. Pretty cool. Um, male or female literally will not say another word about this. Cause I know it both of you. <laughs> and I know this is like, I, I saw the Allie Brooke virginity story everywhere last week. I know what you're trying to do right now, but anyway, I was working Listen, for a lot. We of just artists. like dancers, conversations. Dan- dancers in general get paid nothing. Right. So I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is like so difficult. So I went on this audition. I saw on like some website to be like a host and I was like, I've never hosted anything except my YouTube videos. And I was like, okay. Then I got it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like so good at this. <laughs> I was so bad. Anyway, so from there, long story short, I hosted this music show. It was great. And then I met a woman at a lunch who was a development person for CBS. And I was like, oh, you know, I created all these videos for the site BuzzNet and like all this stuff. And uh, she was like, can you do that at CBS? And I was like, okay. So I was the third ever employee at CBS interactive. And I started their video program. And in that time I would sit in my dressing room, edit book, uh, do the sound. I would like build like the microphones and lights from the junk that entertainment tonight and the insider at the time, like didn't, couldn't use anymore. And I would like MacGyver it together and be like, I have a lavalier mic. Look, I rewired this. Like, <laughs> um, cause there's like no budget anyway. So from there it took me a decade and I moved on up and now here I am. And then how did you end up landing your assistant job with Jennifer Aniston? So, <laughs> so it was really special. So I was in Whole Foods picking out my kale and I was wearing a team Aniston t-shirt and she was like, oh, shit, I'm also on Team Aniston. And then she was like, you want to come, you know, do 
take care of my dogs. And I was like, and brush your hair 100 times a day, a night before you go to sleep like Marsha Brady. Yes, Jen, I will. You know what I like hearing about your story is like, there are so many people. So working in this industry and watching all these like interns come in, no one wants to work. And I don't know if you guys saw that as well. Everyone comes in and they're just like, I deserve to be here. I deserve to be on camera. I deserve to be recognizable or famous or whatever it is. And no one wants to work for it. What I'm hearing from your story is you fucking worked your ass off. Whether or not it was things that you thought you were working towards, like you're rigging lavaliers, you're you're using extra equipment. Other people don't think like that. You have to be wired in a certain way to to achieve that kind of success just because you have a work ethic. I like that. Yeah, it's because I am Black Swan. Have you seen the movie Black Swan with sure. Natalie Portman? Oh, yeah, I want you that's when you were assisting Angelina Jolie, right? I was, Back at that time. Uh, was Natalie Portman's body double. Oh, okay. So I did the forte <laughs> turns. Um no, like Black Swan is so real. Like as about as growing up in the ballet world, like you turn into such a psycho. You're so driven and you're like, I will do whatever it takes. So that has like moved over into every aspect of my life. And and I think you're right. It's, you know, it took me I think a good seven years before I had any recognizable notoriety in the game of, of being in entertainment news. Um, and I started at like 45th on the carpet and then I'd be 12th and then I'd be sixth. And then when I got ET, I was number one. And you know, that's, it's a really exciting thing, but it's like the work ethic, the relationships, you know, um, like even literally today, I'm a Fabletics ambassador and so I have a deal with them where I post and they're doing like a legging giveaway and you get to win like a workout with Kate Hudson. And I'm like, that sounds great. Is Kate available for interviews? (laughs) (laughs) Just give away the leggings. Like you're such a psycho. But yeah, I I hustle, you know? Yeah, no, it's great. The cool part is I feel like for you and I don't, when you didn't got knocked off, I guess, kicked off The Bachelor the first episode, were you like, that's a blessing because people don't really know you from The Bachelor. Yeah, you did it, but it was... I guess almost 10 years ago now, but are, are you happy that people don't really realize or they don't know you from The Bachelor? People more know you from Lady Gang, which is one of the most successful podcasts out there, and from E.T., I guess. Yeah, I mean, I wish people knew me from something. Like, I feel like you guys have the same thing. Is it, is, Dax, is it your Instagram that's like, hey, you know me from somewhere, but you can't remember where? Yep. Yeah. I feel like I wish more people knew me, to be honest. Like, I'm really hungry for notoriety. So, like, if I hope this podcast helps. But, no, people definitely don't remember. I did have the, one of the greatest limo interests of all time. I did a high kick. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I think um, – I think it was a blessing. So here's the real story. So I had successfully auditioned for the Footloose movie, the remake with Miles Teller and Julianne Hough and to be a principal dancer, which in the dance world is like an insanely good job because you make residuals forever. And I think it's Disney or Paramount that made that movie. So it's like you get your weekly rates and then like forever I still get checks for them. Amazing. So so excited. I flew to Atlanta. I lied and said I was an Atlanta resident because they were filming in Atlanta. I used my friend, my former Rockets address. It was like all like a whole fraud thing, but anyway, it's over. Um, so anyway, I had booked the footloose movie and then, um, I was really sad. I had like some bad breakups and, um, my friend and I had applied me for the bachelor and I made a stupid video. And like, I honestly didn't even have a TV at the time. I was so poor. Like I was such a loser. Anyway, actually I was probably less of a loser because now all I do is watch TV anyway. So I got the footloose movie. Then I got the bachelor and I was like, okay, I'm going to do the bachelor. Cause that sounds fun. And then 
I got the offer as I was leaving for Bachelor for Footloose. And I remember the night I got kicked off Bachelor. I'm like crying and I'm like rejection because they fuck you up. They like keep you locked away for a few days and you don't see anyone. And then you walk downstairs and there's like all these beautiful women with big boobs. And you're like, oh my God, like I'm nothing. Nobody wants me. And then you get rejected by someone you don't even know. And you're like, this is the worst. But like, is it the worst? Like, I don't even know you. I didn't even talk to you. Like, I don't, why do I care so much? So then you're like all broken inside and you're crying. And then I remember being in the van and being like, oh, I wonder if I can still get footloose. <laughs> and I literally, the minute they like slippy the manila envelope that has like your driver's license, your passport and like your cell phone in it. I like text my agents like four in the morning. I'm like, hey, can you get me back on footloose? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. So I did the footloose movie. I flew to Atlanta and I still make money off it. So everything works out the way it's supposed to. It's so cool. Except awesome. was the footless movie good? You know what I mean? Like that's it maybe where right. we. Kenny Wormland was <laughs> hey, good. Julian. As long as fun. you're getting paychecks. I mean, that's what matters, you know right? What I mean, it's like dollar dollars. The whole story is just so ridiculous of Footloose. It's just like, no, we're not going to allow dancing. It's like, what? No dancing? It's just. It's it was just, our it's biggest problem. All right, so let's take a quick break. We need to talk about support for the Hollywood Raw podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Adam, you ever cut your balls while trimming up, buddy? <laughs> yeah, that's uh. <laughs> That's such a ridiculous question, but it's actually a very fair question. I have. I think a lot of guys have. Have you? I've been trimming ever since I've started getting hair down there, and I've used everything. I've used blades. I've used the buzzers that you use for your head and for your face. And I'm telling you, I've, I've, I'm pretty marked up down there. It looks like a <laughs> hockey player down there. But uh, to be honest with you, dude, ever since I used Manscaped, I have like textbook testicles right now. It's beautiful. They hooked us up, and... It's a good product. I like it. And they're a third-generation trimmer featuring a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. And one of the coolest things is because they actually sent us these trimmers to test out. They're waterproof. So they've got this waterproof technology that allows you to groom in the shower. It's really dope. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. So there you go. You can trim in the dark. All right. And if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Adam, tell them what the offer is. Get 20% off and free shipping with code Hollywood at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code Hollywood. Your balls will thank you. All right, where were we? You know, one of the things you mentioned a couple minutes ago was doing red carpets and how you kind of worked your way down the red carpet. Everyone looks at red carpets and they're like, oh, they're so cool. They're so glamorous. Every red carpet experience I've had is just miserable for people that are working on the carpet. Like for the interviewers, the camera people, it's not fun. You're trying to think of questions for someone that just walked up. You're you're getting stampeded by the person next to you. Shitty what, publicists. Yeah. Yeah. So like what's what's been your experience of red carpets? Do you enjoy them? Do you not? Well, I'll tell you that. I personally, Kelty, nighttime night, um, ruined red carpets for the entire industry. It is my fault. So you know how in the past five years they have 
essentially gated all the red carpets. So on the movie premieres, there's like a big steel gate between the reporters and the cameraman. And then like on, even at the Disney premieres. And then on the other side is like the star and there's a gate and you kind of get locked into like, I call it like the goat corral. You like get corralled into the the gate and then you can't get out. And then if you try to get out or try to stand on the other side of the gate, they're like, we're going to kick you off the carpet. And then the fire marshal comes like, it's a whole rigmadale. Now, in COVID, I would do anything to be on a red carpet. I'm so bored. I want to wear a dress. Like I'm, I really want this. But at the time after like getting gated every day of your life, you're like, come on. But I'm actually the reason that we got gated. So Grammys, mm, Kim was wearing a red, that, that gold, like kind of emperor short Bob haircut dress. And I was on the insider at the time and I was hungry, like a hungry reporter, like not new to TV, but I was still like definitely proving myself and didn't have the relationships where people would walk up to me and be like, Oh, let's do Kelty, you know? So I made my camera guy bring like a 25 foot microphone cable to the Grammys and the red carpets always. I was like, cause sometimes I need to run. And so we're at the Grammys and I see Kim and Kanye in their last, they're late, the carpet's closed. They're like, you guys got to get off the carpet. And I was like, uh-uh. And so Kim and Kanye walk by and they're like continuing to walk by to go in. And I just like hike up my fit, 20 feet of cable and I ran after them. I went on, I jumped off my little platform onto the carpet, chased them. I also did this to Rihanna. I have a picture of me chasing Rihanna, like literally like I'm going for it and someone snapped. Anyway, so from then on, they would be like, please. Nope. Sorry. They're like, please don't run after the stars. And I was like, yeah, I won't. And then I always did. And then, (laughs) and then they gated us. So it's actually my fault. I would think you would bring a wireless mic for something like that. I'm just picturing the other people tripping and eating shit on the carpet. That's probably why, honestly, Dax, that's why (laughs) it had nothing to do with Rihanna's security complaining, but whatever. But no, you couldn't have a wireless mic because at the really big red carpets, the wireless conflicts with the wireless inside the Staples Center, so you have to be hardwired. That's what makes it interesting. Ooh, Mm, yeah. That was a long story, but basically it's all my fault. And every time (laughs) I get gated in, I'm like, God damn it, Kelty, why do you have to be so Kelty? So now you've got to hop the gate and run. You know, well, now it's getting worse. Like, I remember at the Music Cares Gala a couple years ago, they had not only a gate, but then they also had like a bush. (laughs) Oh my God, why am I so popular? I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> it's because you're on our podcast. Everyone Everyone's like, oh my God, heard you on the podcast. Your stories were so long-winded and amazing. You could have been so much faster at telling them. No, at the, at the Music Cares event, like a couple years ago, there was like a gate and then like a bush. And I, where I'm standing in the gated area, I couldn't even get my arm far enough to do the interview. And I was like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. The only time I like to be behind the fence is at the Met Gala because it's so fabulous and it's just amazing and everything about it is great. If Anna Wintour wants me to stand behind a bush shrub gate on one stair as my only stair to stand on for like six hours waiting for Beyonce, I will do it every day. Adam, have you been to the Met or been I've been outside, outside the Met. I've on? been outside the hotels when they come out of the Carlisle Hotel and the Mark Hotel. So I've been out there and it's like a circus outside it. I mean, the Met is just – and it's crazy like – they come, they, the celebrities come in and out of New York for the Met. Like, you don't even, usually you know, like, they're coming to town, but they very quietly come to town, and then they leave at, like, 5 in the morning. It's like, wait, was there just a huge event last night? So it's just, a, it's a crazy, 
12 hours because they're not around all day. They're literally getting ready all day. They do this event that nobody knows what happens. And then they come out and they're usually like, all right, they're all going to be still in New York around noon. And no, they all fly out at six in the morning. It's the most odd thing. Kelsey, when you guys, when you go to cover that, you don't get like any access beyond the carpenter. Have you gone into the party? No. And want to hear an amazing Zane story that I yes. don't think anyone knows. I don't think Zane got into the Met Gala either. So this is a few years ago when he wore, he was dating Gigi Hadid. Mm, I can't remember what team it was. He wore the, was it like the metal? He wore the metal shoulder. Yeah. Was it Heavenly Bodies? I think it might have been Heavenly Bodies. So, okay. I'll let your, honestly, I'm going to let you and Adam and your audience decide what really happened. Here's what I know. Here's the facts. Zane and Gigi arrive together. They're both wearing silver. They're photographed together. So, so, so cute. They go inside. The rest of the carpet happens. They were not as famous then, so they had a pretty early arrival time. The entire carpet happens, happens. I see an assistant, a person, a stylist, someone walk out with the arm. And I was like, okay. I was like, it's probably deadly uncomfortable. Same thing happened with Zendaya or Zendaya, sorry, when Zendaya had that like metal suit on too, like I saw someone come out with the headpiece. Like you can't wear that headpiece all night. It's for the red carpet. So I saw the arm come out and I was like, oh, Zane's losing his arm. He's just gonna wear the suit. Cute, love it. Then like 20 minutes later, Zane walks out and gets in a cab. I don't think he got invited to the Met Gala. I don't think he made it all the way into the party. I think he photographed with Gigi and got into like the entrance part and then didn't have a seat at a table and had to leave. Tell me if I'm wrong. Why would he leave? So, good question. But why did he take the arm off then? Just so he wouldn't well, be as recognizable? Did, maybe the arm didn't belong to him. Maybe it wasn't a keeping situation. The arm probably belonged to some crazy costume house like Metropolitan Opera or something in New York, right? Like, it was mm -hmm. a real piece of armor. So someone had to return the armor. I mean, was he on tour? Did he have to go to a radio show the next morning? I don't know. Maybe. He had, but why did you get in a taxi and not like a car? Why did you go back out the front? You like, he walked down after the red carpet's done, all the press, we like lay out on the stairs and we just like hang out and we're like, ah, oh. and like, there comes Zane weird getting getting into the taxi to me seems like the weird part and the i only say that because that to me seems like a last second we need to leave right now decision right. versus versus a car that they're like hey come pick him up we'll be out there right you know at nine o'clock come pick us up but to me it's like i can't get in people are going to notice i can't get in we just need to get, get out. out of here as fast as yeah, possible. yeah i feel like something happened but now he can get in i'm sure that Baby Zane ZG will be on the cover of Vogue, I'm sure, when they show the baby. I like it. Well, you know what we need to do? Have you Googled to see if there were any photos of him inside? I mean, I didn't go that into it, Dax, honestly. Like, I cared for about <laughs> two seconds and then haven't thought about it in five years since we just talked about the Met Gala. Like, this it didn't keep me up at night as far as like, Zane's, you know. But well, you know what? Me, I will be Googling yeah. for you. I have no fear. You can find out. You can find out. And I I've told... I, I, I told, like, the insider, I was, I was like, I think Zane Lynn, they didn't carry there, so. I think the one thing <laughs> I learned from Red Carpets is, is to how statusy they are. Not for just the celebrities, but for the press, because they have the biggest press at, at first, and then the it goes down to the smallest press. Now, I'm usually down at the end with my fucking shitty camera, so no one's really stopping for me, and they usually stop for the ETs, the access, the extras, and then once they get to me, like, I'm sorry, they're running late, they're running late, I'm like, no, and the celebrities always plan to get there. Let's say the Red Carpet ends at 
7.30. They get there at 7.20. Just so they'll do laps around the building just so they don't have to get there right where there's so much time. And then I was amazed when I first started doing red carpets how most of the celebrities don't stay, at least in New York, they don't stay for their own film premiere. They usually go do the red carpet, and then they'll go to dinner, and then they'll con- they'll just walk the red carpet, go to dinner, and then go to their, the party afterwards. I thought that was pretty interesting. It was like, and this is what me and my buddies would do, We because we were just, we were so poor, we would, they give, to go to a movie, pre- movie premiere in New York is like the easiest thing to do, because they have to give away tickets. So if you just show up, there's good chances you'll get in, and we didn't want to sit through these movies, so we'd go in, Get something to drink, get some popcorn, and then just walk out. And then they get really pissed at us. We're like, no, we're not watching this. I'm like, it was just dumb. So you you went in for the popcorn? We just went in for the popcorn. <laughs> I'm a broke camera guy, okay? I'll do <laughs> It's either that or shitty pizza in New York City. Like, I was just, oh, I was just going to get some popcorn real quick. And they would be so mad. Like, are you seriously not going to watch the movie? It's like, dude, this movie's two and a half hours. Who's going to watch this? Kelty's face throughout that whole story was like, "Where's the ending? I don't understand." Is this what it feels like when I tell stories? <laughs> Who? I mean, Dax want to do a real quick round of you, um, just kind of getting your gauge on. This is our this is our favorite game. It's just because, a little speed round. Uh, it just yeah, we love talking to people that have interacted with celebrities on a constant basis. Like this is the perfect game for you. It's basically just. Your first reaction, the first name that comes to mind. I'll, I'll start first. Ready? The nicest celebrity. Paul Abdul. Jennifer the Lopez. The prettiest. The prettiest celebrity. Jennifer Lopez. Best looking in person. Honestly, Jennifer Lopez. The person that you would want to get a drink with. I go through phases. Early Chrissy Teigen. Okay. Early Jennifer Lawrence. Um, Caitlin Bristow. I like went from like A-list actress. To <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would I would almost say Jennifer Lawrence now. I, I don't feel like she would be fun. Mm-hmm. I've heard. I mean, like her infamous story at the Kardashian house, getting drunk and winding up in like the closets there. She'd be fun. Okay, yeah. let's go. Next one, Adam. Person you'd avoid in a dark alley. Jason Momoa. So nice. But like if he was behind me in a dark alley, I'd be like, oh, man, because he's like big and he's got that furry scrunchie and that hair. I feel like a lot of women would say the complete opposite on that one. He's a nice guy, though. So cool. (laughs) He's so nice. Uh, But it's like just in in presence alone. Yeah, he's interesting, dude. Especially with his stuff. Who's the the meanest celeb? I want to say I think there's a lot of pressure on celebrities and to always be on. And I know for me in my little bit of life, like I also feel that pressure that sometimes I just want to stand and have watching face and my watching face is like really bitchy and people always complain about it. They're like, why were you scowling at me? I was like, no, that's literally my face. But I will say that I think the Ellen stuff, um, I think she's a taskmaster, and I think that she is not as present with the regular people as she might be appear to be with the celebrities. So I remember interviewing her once at the People's Choice Awards and I think she was winning or nominated for something and she came with Porsche. I remember Porsche was wearing this like really beautiful jumpsuit. And it was like, you know, you watch Ellen for so many years and you, I'm like expecting her to come up and be Ellen to me. And she was just kind of like a little bit cold and like kind of like, I want to get this over with and go inside so I can go home and like pet my dogs, like very much that vibe. And it wasn't necessarily mean. Like, I don't know that anyone has been like particularly super mean to me. I'm like in the press. I don't think they like, they try not to be mean to me, but I think that was like one of those things that was surprising. And there's a couple people like that where you, 
expect them to be as like wonderful as like their Disney character persona that they put out there. And you're, you're either like a Chrissy Teigen where you expect you to be that way. And then you literally are that way in real life. And you're like, Oh my God, I could be your friend. Or it's like an Ellen situation where you're like, wow, you seemed so much fun like with Justin Bieber, but you're not quite as fun like at this moment. Does that make sense? It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and I've also uh, one thing I've heard about her is that she gets a lot of anxiety too. Like she gets nervous before going on the show. Yeah. Every time and I I think that like you said you can't expect everyone to be exact same how they are on TV yeah. versus how they are in real life because I know myself included, I can be one way on the podcast and then afterwards I'm like I don't really want to talk to anyone. I just want to be by yeah. myself. And so when people expect that out of you, it kind of sucks. But saying that, she does put out a persona of the most fun, wild, entertaining person. And when you get the opposite, it is a big letdown. Yeah, you just want them to be like, that's why people say don't ever meet your heroes, right? Because you like want them like to be like how you think in your head. And then you're like, oh, wait, you're human with flaws. Like that sucks. Like you're not supposed to be that way. You know what I mean? And there's very few people like I would say The Rock is one of those people in Hollywood who is exactly who you want them to be. Like The Rock is so supportive of the press. Like I've never had a celebrity retweet my interviews more often, like say thank you publicly to be like, oh my God, that was a great interview. Great questions. Like I mean, it's, I don't know if it's him, it's a team, but I believe like his team is so aware of like making him, like he's always remembers your name, always, Priyanka Chopra's the same way. She's like, Kelts, what's up? I haven't seen you since last November. I'm like, damn, okay. I don't know who told you that in your ear, Devil Wears Prada, but like, that's correct. I haven't seen you since November. You know, so I, I like, I want to give people a little bit of leeway and be like, you know, you don't always have to be on. And I also think comedians are weird. Like Very. anyone who is a comedian first, I think it's, a, there's a darkness in your life that forces you into comedy. And that often when people, they start in comedy and they go be an actress or an actor or whatever, or a TV host or whatever, it's like, they are not meant for the world. Like as a regular functioning human, there's like a real darkness, I think. And I can see that being like many times in, in comedians where you're like, oh, you are not funny in real life. Like you're funny as a comedian, but like your real life persona is quite dark. How did how did Ellen treat you when you were her personal assistant and she wasn't paying you very well? It was great. It was like, <laughs> you know what she did? She, she gave me a lot of sneakers, which I would then go sell on eBay. So it was like, it was fine. You know what I mean? And um, And like sometimes when she'd redo her living room, that looked like the enclosure for Siegfried and Roy's tigers in the Mirage <laughs> from what I saw on Zoom. She would be like, oh, I don't love this chair anymore. And she would like give me a fuzzy chair. So it's like, it's fine. That's so cool. Well, speaking of comedians, fun. the funniest celebrity you've uh, you've encountered. Oh, my God. Um, fuck. Is anyone funny? <laughs> for me, I would say Jack Black, Thomas Lennon, uh, you know, from Reno 91, always really funny oh, and silly. So, so funny, funny, so fun, so uh, good. I want to support a woman who's funny because I was going to say Jeff Goldblum like is my kind of humor because um, he'll come on the carpet. He'll be like a Disney carpet and he'll be like, oh, what do you think about space? And you're like, <laughs> you're wasting my time. And he's like, I know, but the planets. And you're like, okay, I kind of <laughs> like you. <laughs> like, I can't hear this, but like it's pretty funny. Um, I think Cardi B. Oh, yeah. she's so funny. She's good. She so she's just, naturally funny she's and entertaining. Funny, like she just does not give a fuck. I I yep. just think she's really funny. 
I was like, we haven't really had a celeb like that in a long time. And I think the not giving a fuck is what makes her so lovable because most people would never say what she says because they're too afraid of the repercussions of the backlash of saying something crazy. And it's just her genuinely. Okay. Who's the great. I will say BB Rexa. BB Rexa has a very same vibe and doesn't get the credit for it. She's funny. She's really funny. Okay. What about the sexiest celeb? Oh my God. Um, Hmm. How am I feeling? <laughs> like, um, <sighs> sexiest. Um, well, okay. As a general rule, I'm not attracted to actors. So that like takes out a lot of people because actors for the most part are quite short and I'm really into tall guys. Um, my husband's like six, six. So it's like, you know what I mean? If you're like under six, six, I'm not interested. Um, Zach Efron's face is incredible. So he's, he's a small man, but face alone is a 10 out of 10, 10 across the board. He's gorgeous. Um, I think Chris Pine, AKA mighty fine. Chris Pine is very lovely. Um, and Brad Pitt, I mean, Brad Pitt, when he was doing, he had two movies he was promoting last year and doing the Oscar race too. And so I saw him a lot and he was like prime Brad Pitt and he like comes up and he's close talking to you and he's like, you just feel like you're in, are you in a relation? Are we in a relationship? Are we going to study? <laughs> like when he's talking to you, you're like, we're in love, right? Like I can feel it. I'm leaving my house. <laughs> Sorry. Do you want me to come over the gate? Do you want me to come on your side? <laughs> um, you just feel like you're in this. And it like, it was really funny. I remember at, at the Ad Astra premiere, it was me and then Sibley at Access and then Renee Barge um, at Extra and we were in line and we each like went along and we were taking pictures of each other with Brad because like, you know, I'm a girl's girl. I'm like, I don't care what show you work it on. I'm like, I'm going to support you. <laughs> and so I'm take, we're taking pictures and like I look over after the interviews and I was like, I really felt like we had something. And Sibley like posted to her Instagram. She's like a deep connection. And then Renee was like on Daily Mail and they're like, are they dating? Like it was amazing. <laughs> No, this is the aura of Brad Pitt. Like everyone, like he looks in your eyes and you're like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Biggest entourage. Oh, um, biggest entourage. Katy Perry, Jennifer Lopez, Cardi B. Cardi B came to Rihanna's um, diamond ball with, I swear to God, 27 people. I was like, who are all these people? There was like six dress handlers. There was just like, a, I think there was a nail technician like filing as we went down. Like it was wild. She's got a lot of people. And Jennifer has a lot of people, but she always has the same people. You're like, yeah. oh, there's Benny. Like you like see her. She is very loyal. She has the same people. I went on to Cardi B's tour bus and it was the most it was the most random thing it was at like a, it was during Super Bowl this past year and it was at a rap concert and she had about 15 bodyguards waiting outside the tour bus but it was also it was a concert so they had extra security then finally I go on her bus and it was the most obviously I look like a pilgrim who just came on the bus people just looked at me like what the hell is this guy doing on the bus I looked like I was like a Girl Scout and all of a sudden I go on the bus and like the manager's like sit right there and I was like okay I sit right there in the corner of the bus and she came out and she like she almost looks like an avatar. Like she had this bright hair and everyone else is sort of normal. It's like, that's 
that's her. Like that's she's small, petite, but she was like, and I was a little intimidated at first, but yet again, she was just like, and I was nervous to ask her questions because her whole team's around me, and I'm on the tour bus. So if one question went bad, I was afraid that they're gonna like team up on me and just beat the shit out of me. But she was like, like that's all you got. Like go harder at me. Like wanted me to ask tough questions and wanted me to be like ridiculous with her. But I was like, I just want to get in and get the fuck out of there. Speaking of intimidating, who is the most intimidating? Last one most intimidating celebrity so this just happened um on the lady Ying podcast we finally after five years of asking got bethany frankel on and we are big housewives people bethany frankel is the fastest talking smartest entrepreneurial woman who is also like giving back in such major ways that i'm like and you're a mom and you have like a six-pack ab and you have a shiny haircut like there's just so many things that are going on with her that even during the interview, um, I was like shaking in my boots in a way that like I'm not with like anybody else. <laughs> like I was like, oh my God, fuck this up. It's Bethany Frankel. So that was like really, I mean, she's like intense and she's like, she, it was like, they were like, you have 30 minutes. And I was like, okay. And then like at two minutes, they're like two minutes left. I was like, oh my God, I didn't even get to my questions. Like, uh. And I like really don't get scared of anyone. That's, I think what makes me a great reporter and great on red carpets is that I, I'm like, Oprah, Dolly Parton, like, okay, cool. Let me, you know, like I'm, I'm not really impressed with people. There's just a few, like Paul Abdul is my number one, obviously the best, the queen forever, my girl. Um, but then like the Bethany Frankels of the world, when you're like a real doer woman, I get like a little intimidated, but everyone else I'm like, Oh, you're an actor. It's fine. I have one last one that popped up. What about the person who's most unlike their public persona? Cause we talked a little bit kind of Ellen, mm. but who's that one person that you see on TV and you're like, that's not how they are in real life. I'll give you mine. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Who's that? Is that the Canadian? He was in the notebook, right? Yeah. Canadian. yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. That's Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is uh, Van Wilder. Deadpool. Oh, I get so confused. There's too many Ryans and too many Chris's. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, not Gosling. Reynolds. Oh, Ryan. Oh, he's married to Eva. Eva. No, Blake Lively. No, that's good. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, sorry. Wow. Got two yeah. Emmys. Cool. Um, oh right yeah right you think he's gonna be a good time guy and he's kind of serious yeah he's not the guy you thought he'd be on yeah um you know who else is really fun though mel b i'm just gonna put that out there she's cool good times good times with me and heidi klum so cute now i'm going down the entire maris talent um okay who is least like the persona um oh god damn it such a good question tax I can tell you, tell, tell me yours. Adam. Yeah. Well, Adams told me a lot about Taylor Swift and how she has one public persona. Don't talk about my girl. She has one public persona, but that's not exactly how she's like behind the scenes. Well, you're jealous. That's all I'll say. She didn't send you a card again, and she sent me a card again. So <laughs> I won't ever say anything bad about her. Thank you. Me and Gigi Hadid both got a card again because I'm in the squad. So squad. Um. Oh, you know, you know who I will tell you. This is not going to be exciting for you guys, but I'm going to tell okay. Faith Hill. <laughs> really? Faith Hill. Faith Hill, grow, like growing up watching Faith Hill, she's like sexy and she's like, just breathe. And she's in like the gold lame bed sheets, like being all sexual. And then she, when she comes out and sings her song, she's like, Mwah! like so hot. She's so shy. She's almost like, like can't speak shy, like a total, total introvert. 
does not have that like sexy bodacious vibe in real life like is just very like a hermity in real life i've met her in new york city and she's been really nice but she's also one of those people who could walk by me in the middle of like in new york city i would not recognize her she's very just like yeah and adam this is my question like i i would like to be followed by the paparazzi more like you people are calling you right like you're not just walking places 100 percent all and who time. normally calls you? Is it the star that texts you and is like, hey, it's me, I'm at the whatever? Or is it the publicist? Or is it the manager? Or is it the hair person? Like, who is your Good main question? The celebrity more than anybody. The celebrity more than anybody then goes to the publicist. There's some celebrities that I do more for them than their own publicist. I'm like, you pay this person $10,000 a month and I do more for you than their own publicist. But a lot of times they kind of go to me as like a Ray Donovan-ish or like to protect them from something or just because they want to give me something. Like I'm just like, why am I getting paid? Why is the publicist making more money than me? Like there's, I'm doing more of the work. So what um, is it? Like you'll go to the airport and meet them or you stand outside the hotel or what do you Usually do? outside the – I used to go to the airport a lot more. Obviously during these times I don't, I don't go to the airport. But usually they'll – with the airport, they'll kind of hit you up and say, hey, here's the flight number. You know, so okay, here's the flight number, A139 or something. Uh, and then a lot of times stay at the same hotel. I mean Kourtney Kardashian's in New York City right now. She's staying at the Greenwich Hotel. That's where everyone stays in New York City if you're a celebrity. If she didn't want to get seen, she could go to the Carlisle. She could go to many other places. She could eat at a different restaurant than Cipriani. But, I mean, just like you guys have in L.A. But uh, most of the time, the celebrity themselves will reach out. I mean, then it comes the publicist. But the publicist is kind of scared because we – we have more power than them, and I think in some ways because we the publicist used to be the middle person, but with social media now they could get in touch with us directly. They don't need the publicist. Like there's, where they used to be the middle person, but now they could get in touch with the source and really protect themselves. I have one more question. I know I'm sorry. I don't mean to take over this podcast, but like no okay, for in- interest for for my own interests. Like <clears throat> okay, so. Craig's in L.A. Right? You know, it's like mm-hmm. essentially Cipriani's in New York or whatever. Sure. So it's like I've been there times with the, a group of friends and we'll get out and like the paparazzi will go wild. And then I've been there with the same group of friends and it, nothing happens. And so it's like, is someone tipping them off? Like, do they only photograph people when they're tipped off? Or are they just photographing everyone? Like, how does that happen? <clears throat> it depends on, I think, whether or not they recognize people mm-hmm. or they're they need photos for the night uh, depending on how who it is. they are uh that is one thing but i i think a big thing is the tipping off like if they're excited because they know kim is inside because uh-huh. you know they're they're going to just be more riled up as it is and it doesn't matter who walks out it could be uh-huh. you know someone who was famous 40 years ago they're going to take their photo uh-huh. but i think the tipping off is a big thing because yeah. once yeah. one person starts taking a photo then it's like they all are going to take the photo because even if they don't recognize the celebrity, they're going to be like, shit, well, I don't want to miss the shot because if I miss the shot and this is the next big actress, I got to make sure I have a shot to turn into my my yeah. agency. Wow. So as long as you can get the one, then I think you're good. And no, it's actually interesting. If you hang outside those restaurants like Nello in New York City, Cipriani, uh, uh, the Nobus, I've had regular people pay me hundreds of dollars. Like, hey, do me a favor. Can you just shoot me and my wife like walking out of the restaurant? I'm like, oh, okay. And I'll just start and I'll they'll give me $100 bills just to like play paparazzi with them real quick. It's just like they have this FU money where they're just like, yeah, that's just funny money and just pay you to do that because they just want to have that experience. So it's kind of funny just to be there. But a lot of times it's like, I'm not going to waste my time because I'm in a good spot for Kim to come out. So I'm not going to waste my time to go do that. It's just not worth the risk of making 
making the shot that could really make you money. Um, but then also comes down to just fucking around too. Like these guys are, you know, some of them are just hobbyists. Some of them are professionals. So, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of photographers actually not as many as there used to be because no, not too many people are making full time money the way they used to. But again, there's so many people that tip you off, but the person that tips you off the most, I would say is the celebrity himself, you know, from, and then they'll also go on social media. Yeah. Then they'll go on social media and say, uh, having the best meal right now at serendipity and like, Hey, how'd you know I was here? You just tweet out your dessert, you idiot. Like what you just told us, like you wanted people to come. You wanted your fans to come. That is a hundred percent on purpose. They do that to get the paparazzi. They do it at the beginning so that the, the people have time 30 minutes to get to the restaurant to get the photos. You know, like people don't realize celebs make this big thing of like, oh, we hate the paparazzi. I don't want to be photographed by these idiots outside. When in reality, yes, you do. Uh Because these paparazzi are keeping you relevant. They're keeping you on the magazines, on the Uh websites, talking about you. So if tomorrow all the paparazzi in the world disappeared, trust me, all those people that were talking shit are going to go, Wait, no one cares about me? No one's taking my photo right now? Like, you're not relevant then without these people taking your photos. No, and this is what happens to me too. I'm like, you guys, I'm at Craig's. I'm eating. I was on The Bachelor for one night. What the fuck? I'm not feeling relevant. You're hurting my feelings. Like, I understand. I'm, you know. But the craziest thing, like a recent story is the guy that Demi Lovato just broke up with. You know, she was just, and the guy's being photographed at the beach, like sitting there, just sitting there crying on the beach no one could recognize this guy he was spotted by tmz at the airport how did people find him at luggage four with a hoodie on and sunglasses on no one's like oh is that max nobody knows who this guy is trust me i know all the paparazzi nobody's recognizing this guy nobody in the nobody who watched his tv show would recognize him so let's Here, be so real. let me let me reenact this is me grabbing my phone Hey, TMZ, this is Max. I need to stay relevant. Can you please come photograph me on on the beach? That's what it comes down to. No one gives a fuck about this guy. He's trying to extend his time. So you're tipping off the, you know, the media agency, the paparazzi to every move that you're making. Like that's that's what it comes down to. So a lot of these photos people see are very set up. I miss the days when it was like blatantly set up like Spencer and Heidi in the early oh, hills. Were, it was like the best. I was like, it's 4th of July. Where's Heidi's American bikini? Like, and I love them. Like, we're friends. I think they're, like, they're great. They're great. They changed the game. They're I, so smart. They were the ones who initially, they, people don't, we, me and Dax said all the time, people don't appreciate Spencer and Heidi and what they did to the industry. And people like Paris too. Like, they were, they changed the industry now that every, now the biggest celebrities in the world are trying to catch up to. Same thing with the Kardashians. They're, first of all, I'd say, you know, you've interviewed the Kardashians a bunch. They're very nice. And also, I respect them too. They're always very cool to their fans. Number three, they're also the ones, probably the first ones who started leaking stuff to us. I mean, it's, I mean, they don't hide around that. It's pretty obvious. Mm mm. Yeah, and they are really nice, actually. I would say so Kim great. is one of the nicest celebrities. Always on time. Um, always crap. lovely. The, her whole team is lovely. Super respectful. Great. Always looks great. Comes to play. Like, doesn't shy away from answering hard questions. Like, I, lo- I actually, like, really feel for her um, and think she's, like, kind of incredible. And anytime people always want to talk shit, they're like, Kim Kardashian's awful, right? I'm like, no, she's like as beautiful as you think she is. And like, so sweet. And so cool. Nice to people. Yeah. She's always tipping. Well, I I've seen her tip and she's a very good tipper. She's so nice to people. And I, it's, I think all three of us could be like, I, it's hard for me to even realize. Cause 
you know, when I first started doing this gig as a journalist, as a paparazzi, like it wasn't the Kim that you see now. She was still flying commercial. She was very no security, not this big entourage. And she was just nice. She was cool. She was like, she's my bud. I felt like we were friends. Like I'd see her all the time. And then it's like, whoa, what just happened, Kim? Like she's a huge star. So it's hard for me and at least in my position to get as close as I once was with her. Uh-huh. And Paris Hilton, sorry. <clears throat> I feel like Paris Hilton is the same. I remember interviewing Paris like eight years ago. I had an exclusive sit down for one of her perfumes and we went to her house and I remember sitting there and like we walked out the door and I was like, whoever I was talking to, I said, this is all an act. I was like, she's so smart. Like she's crazy smart. Like this is the stupidest acting I've ever seen in my life. This like baby voice bullshit. Like, and now the documentary came out. She's like, it's been an act. And I was like, you can tell, like you don't have 19 fragrances and a billion dollars, like by being a dumbass. like she's clearly so smart. And it was like such a sad thing that you have to act so dumb in business when you're a pretty girl, because that's the only way that like people won't be scared of you. Amazing. Anyway, that's for like an entirely other podcast, but she's really sweet too. That's like a- I feel like we could talk about Paris Hilton all day. I've said it for years. I'm like nicest chick, smartest. Mm-hmm. She just faked it out. By the way, how did the Lady Gang start? By the way, how did you start this podcast? Because I realized I just looked down. I'm like, holy shit, it's been like 50 minutes already, and we haven't talked Lady Gang. Sorry. And I know we got to get you off, but. Uh, how did it start for you? So I was working, um, at the insider at the time, um, a show it's been canceled now, but it was on CBS and, um, and Becca had just come off glee and there was kind of like this glee. I don't even want to say it out loud. I was going to say glee curse, but I don't mean it as glee curse. Like there was sort of this casting curse where you were on glee and it was the biggest show in the world. And then everyone just wanted you to be kitty forever. Or they wanted Heather Morris, you know, they, 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 a lot of those ensemble cast members couldn't get another job because you're like too famous. You're like the friends, right? It's like, I don't want to watch man with a plan, Joey. Sorry. Like, I just want to watch you on friends. But anyway, so, um, a lot of those actors couldn't get jobs and Becca and I had known each other from Broadway and dance and, um, Jack Vanek and I had a mutual ex-boyfriend. And so we had known each other from like, like thinking this guy's a douchebag. And I was like, well, we should have a talk show. Like we're so funny. And then we're like, okay, but nobody's going to give us a talk show. We're not famous people. Um, and so I was like, oh, well, you know, I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I was like a really early podcaster. I loved a lot of the crime podcast. I listened to like NPR every day and the podcast form. The New York times had like a really early version of the daily that came out every day. It was like one of the first podcasts I listened to. Um, and so I was like, we should do a podcast. And we went in a podcast one to pitch the show. And they're like, well, we don't have any female shows. We just have Adam Carolla, <laughs> you know? And we're like, no, <laughs> I think females like buy most of the stuff. Like, I think it's like the advertising demo that people want. So like we could do this. And the first show, I think we had like 80,000 downloads, which was like fine. And we were like, okay, we can do this. Like this could be something. And then it just grew and grew and grew. And it was like, I think because we were first, we were just so lucky that when people started listening to podcasts, like, what do you listen to? And they're like, oh, the first one I ever listened to was Lady Gang. And then, you know, now it's like this crazy gang and we have a book and a clothing line and, you know, all, all, a lot of stuff. So um, what I love about it, though, is that it's empowered us that we don't have to work for anyone. You know, it's like I I, I don't have to go um, work at ET today. I can pick and choose like what shoots I want to do. Um, I can travel. I have freedom. And it's what we want to cover, you know, like we can pivot at any time and talk about whoever we want. And we also like 
I we're like niche celebrity lovers. Like I don't need the biggest names because sometimes the biggest names are super boring. I like really interesting people like a Bethany yeah. Frankel, a RuPaul. Like those are the guests where I'm like, oh, yes. Like I want to dig into your life. Um, and so that's where it came from. And now 100 million downloads later, please go listen. Please Crazy. come follow awesome. me at the airport. I'm on AA flight 117. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't check a bag. Listen, Kelty, you're gonna have to listen, run. Kelty. We know a lot of people in this industry. We can hook that up pretty. Yeah, quickly that's for easy. You. Uh, this is so many setup shots. I gotta do actually a setup shot later today. Uh, um, yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, obviously you guys went on tour, uh, and then you got obviously the book, which is a huge success, and it's one of the biggest podcasts. It's not even one of the best female podcasts, one of the biggest podcasts out there, and it's a real gang. It's not just the three. It's got this army. Yeah, it's it's really crazy, and I think uh, when our book hit the New York Times bestseller with uh, no promotion, like every single press outlet, we were supposed to do Jume, we are supposed to do all these things, like what was happening in the country, and for good reason, like kind of shut down any pop culture talk um, in June, which made absolute sense, and so, you know, one by one, like every press opportunity, obviously the tour because of corona, like we were just sitting here, we're like, cool, no one's going to know this book exists, like we're uh, releasing it in a vacuum, and the fact that these like fans from all around the world like girls were paying like $85 to FedEx a book to Australia because they wanted to like support and um that was pretty amazing to be so high up on that list was is pretty magical like I pretty much cried my eyes out um because it's one of those things that people can't take away from you you know it's like you can be like oh you fuck this guy you dated this guy you use this person you blah, 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 you're dumb you're stupid I'm like yeah but I'm still a New York Times bestseller and you can't actually lie and cheat your way onto that list well actually you can you get a dagger beside you but we did it without a dagger so we really made the list so cool so cool Kelty thank you so much for joining us make sure you follow her on Instagram she's such a fun person to follow the content's good just from her daily life to the lady gang it's just you're a fun follow on IG I gotta say Adam thank you and thanks for having me and sorry that I canceled like nine times I have too many jobs and I was like I really want to do this I was like don't just cancel but just keep putting it off until it's <laughs> now it happened we did it um this was amazing thank you for having me I and I'm nervous about Ellen thinking I was mean to her now, <laughs> but I'm happy I said my piece. Okay, one last question for you. Oh, good. Who was the celeb you worked for? We won't tell anyone. No, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> She's not telling us. So awesome. So cool. We love people. Like I, I just, I love the people that have been around celebs for so long and yeah. interviewed everyone and give us the real scoop. That to me is just a fun Yeah, episode. she's just cool and she gets it and she's real and her podcast, Lady Gang, is awesome. It's just, it's huge. 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 It's really like a Lady Gang, but it's just fun. And it's honestly like, you don't have to be a girl just to like it. I mean, guys can like it too. It's not like raunchy. It's just real. It's fun. It's just, uh, it's just good content. We are actually, we're coming up to our 100 million downloads too in uh, 2030. Yeah, 20. Uh, I think the year we should probably hit 100 million downloads. So we're right behind them. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, she's a cool chick, man. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you uh, check, us out, check us out on YouTube now. You can see some clips of the show on YouTube. You can find me at, at Adam Glenn. You can find Dax Holt at, at Dax Holt. You can also find us out on TikTok. We're on TikTok too. Um, but uh Thank you for listening, guys. Like and subscribe. That's the best thing you do to support us. And we'll see you guys later. A Huda Media Production.